I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Welcome to our podcast. Once again, I'm not in an abusive relationship. And today we have Elizabeth Alderson with us. She is a therapist at the Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services Center in uh, Michigan. Our website you've seen, dasismi.org. And Liz, we're going to talk today about addressing the health consequences of of women who have been in violent situations or experienced domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a number of health consequences that they're gonna have to deal with. Yeah, and we can think of that for a variety kind of of ways. So if we're experiencing what we call domestic violence, you know, so physical, emotional, all the different types of abuse, right? We know that there's gonna be some physical health consequences if a physical abuse is happening, right? Right. So survivors are going to experience bruises, broken bones, maybe internal bleeding, right? Just depending on maybe how physical something gets Mm -hmm. um, in a situation. And we see all of it or hear all of it, um, whether it's the phone calls from the police that we have or just the women that come in to our shelter. Um, You know, we see it in all different stages, healing or not healing. And some of those physical you know, abuse can leave lasting impressions on the body, you know? So if, so if I get a broken arm and I never go to the doctor to get it fixed because of that abuse of like, well, it's not that bad, so we're not going to go. We're not going to take care of it. Or that fear of what are they going to say and then are they going to find out and then is it going to get worse at home because I went and told all those consequences sure. that are in the relationship. Well, now I have a broken bone, say broken wrist, because that'll be easy. Um, what happens for the rest of my life? Because my, my wrist didn't heal right. You know, it hurts in the winter time and every time it rains or something like that, maybe I lose mobility. Maybe I can't, you know, write like I used to or paint or do some activity that I used to enjoy because I've lost mobility in my wrist. Well, that's a lasting impression that they could have. Now, what if it's a more severe injury, you know, that leaves lasting impressions and there's some, so we think about those physical kind of health concerns that happen but then there's like the the physical stuff that we don't really notice so what if we're in an abusive relationship and because of that we never go to the doctor so we never get proper health scans well then maybe we're more likely you know to experience heart disease because it runs in our family, you know, it's already there. But my abuser doesn't want me to go to the doctors because I might tell them because we all know that the doctor is going to ask, am I safe at right. home? Sure. You know, like that's a common question. We all know right. it's going to happen now. So, so there's fear in there. And so I never go to the doctor's appointment. 
So I never know maybe if there's something medically wrong with me that has maybe not really anything to do with the abuse that I'm experiencing, but because of my lack of medical, just regular doctor's appointments right, and stuff, right. that there's something. And, a, and then also physical abuse in the relationship isn't always like externally physical. It could be internally physical. Maybe, you know, there's rough sex or forced sex or forced objects during sex. Well, then that's all kinds of, you know, internal, internal damage, damage that can happen. Wow. You know, if we think of an unwanted pregnancy and then what if my body doesn't do well in pregnancy and I know that and so I don't want to get pregnant so I want to use birth control or condoms or whatever and I can't and then because of my abuser and so then I get pregnant and then it goes bad right mm-hmm. and you know they do a hysterectomy or whatever they have to do a c-section I didn't want that and then what are all of the health consequences physically that go along with that and then I have to live with that for the rest of my life or they don't want me to go to the doctors again, mm-hmm. you know, and so they don't want me to go to the hospital to deliver. So I have an at-home ba- birth. All you know? kinds and, of things could right, go wrong yeah, there, depending yeah, there's on a, who's helping you. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, you know, all of those things. But it's it's all these different pieces. And I think some of those are easier or maybe they just come to mind quicker because when we think about domestic violence and abuse, can we think about, like, all those external things happening? But a lot of times... What I've seen just through like work at DASIS and schooling and, and just research and all the trainings that we go to and the trainings that we have at DASIS and all that kind of stuff is what I've, what I've learned a lot about is so we experience this fight, flight, or freeze that we've talked about before. So mm-hmm. a traumatic, scary thing happens, ah, lightning, whatever, and my fight, flight, or freeze kicks in in my brain that's my survival skill even babies have it when they're born you know I'm hungry I'm scared I'm crying Mm -hmm. I want my mom and my dad to help me and figure it out so that kicks in well that kicks in that's like our external body kicking in if we're gonna fight or flee or freeze that's our like our external body parts right that's our head that's our arms that's our legs that's our hands and all that kind of stuff well for that adrenaline and blood and energy all to go to those limbs of our body that means the internal body you know what's in our gut what's in our chest all that stuff shuts down Mm -hmm. so that we can run really fast or we can fight really hard or do all those things for survival and so when those when our arms and legs turn on and our gut and kind of like core body parts turn off that means that we stop digesting the food that we're in that we're eating that's in our stomach so right. it just sits there oh that's not you know good. no mm-hmm. it's horrible right and so that starts so our our small intestines and our large intestines turn off you know our liver and all i mean there's so many organs just like you know in your chest abdomen region area that's doing digestion and all those different pieces all that stuff turns off so what happens for that one instance Okay, so I'm a little gassy, you know, and you don't even realize it's related to the trauma. Mm-hmm. But what happens in a chronic domestic violence relationship is that fight, flight, or freeze gets turned on now, but now there's a firework in 10 minutes again, and there's another firework, and there's another firework. And so it's all day long, fight, flight, or freeze keeps kicking on and keeps kicking on. And it happens for days or weeks or years. Think about kids that grow up in domestic violence. And what do we see so much in survivors is chronic illness. And it's related to that. So it's physical illness. It's not a broken arm or a broken leg, you know, that didn't heal right. It's all these gut issues that we can't explain. 
food makes me sick. Um, autoimmune disorders are related to trauma oftentimes in young kids who have experienced like trauma when they were really little and sometimes in utero and it was like they did obviously we didn't know the trauma was happening and then their guts were turning on and off because they were doing that fight flight or freeze thing wow. and then so we see a, a high frequency of autoimmune disorders in trauma survivors just trauma in general but we look at I mean I can think of probably half my survivor population that I've worked with over the years having some kind of autoimmune kind of stuff going on that doctors couldn't understand or didn't know or gut issues you know not being able to poop regularly like that's huge you know the doctor says once a day twice a day I don't know at least once I think right what it yeah is, you yeah. know and so but if you're fight flight or freeze and you can't go what do you right and do you even and again do we even realize that that's related to that absolutely not i didn't learn that until the past five years and i was like oh well that makes sense when you're stressed you get bound up and you, and you literally do and you then gotta, all that good stuff is just stuck inside you yeah. making everything else not quite so happy yeah when yeah. you think about it like you know i know so many people i guess I, I should say i know so many women i i haven't heard many men that have this issue so maybe it's just the men that i know but the women that i know that you're more comfortable going poop at home right well, sure. you walk in the door and mm -hmm. you're instantly like oh that's that comfortable that's your body that's your fight flight or freeze your your survival thing in your brain saying this is a place of safety i can digest food now this is a place of safety i feel comfortable mm -hmm. not being on edge anymore mm -hmm. and when does that happen for survivors right. and how long does it take for that to kick in if you've lived in an a relationship and in a in a home and in a situation that hasn't been safe for 10 years amazing when does that right. you know when does that regularity come back into play and it i mean it takes a long time and that's a lasting effect i mean just to even if it's not, you know, pooping, you know, even if it's not bowel movements, but it's everything else. It's your stomach digesting. Think of, especially nowadays with all that's in our food, not be, I mean, I meet a new person every day that has a food allergy right. or can't stand right. the food or is this or that. And, you know, we see more and more how that's related to trauma and, um, in the ACE studies, they talk about it. You know, if you have an ACE score of three or higher, you're, it's not a predictor, but you're more likely to experience autoimmune disorders and digestive disorders and all of that. And so what, what is an ACE score? So an ACE is your adverse childhood experience. Okay. And there's 10 questions. And so you get a score of between zero and 10. And so a one on any one of those 10 questions is a yes. So have you, you know, did you grow up in a home where there was physical abuse? Um, did you grow up in a family where someone went to prison or jail? Did you grow up with someone who was an addict? Did you grow up um, in a home where there was divorce? And so there's 10 questions mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter which one is a yes or right. no, it's just the total at the end. And so they've found a lot of information that it's the three or higher kind of have a more likelihood of seeing these things. Again, it's not a predictor. It's not going to predict that you have cancer. However, higher ACE scores are more likely to have cancer. Hmm. And, you know, as part of that related to then, you know, if you grew up in a home that was abusive 
and that meant not going to the doctors and that and maybe there was substance use involved you know do you get cancer because people around you were smoking cigarettes or something like that like we know that there are chemicals you know that cause cancers sure and so is it related to that environment then I mean it's not a predictor but it's just that it grows in likelihood and so it's those things that we don't even think about that right. are around us that right. really affect it. Right. Um, and so it, you got to give people some hope for uh, <laughs> yeah. what are they going to do to yeah, combat some of yeah. this stuff? Time away from a stressful environment right. is huge. And some of that is getting a good doctor. Getting a doctor that understands how a medical doctor and how your psychological state and your psychological history has impacted your physical health is huge. And finding a doctor that says that, that knows that, and then can tie those two things, asking a doctor, hey, do you know what the ACEs are? Because it was medical doctors in the CSC that created the ACE study. And, you know, so they've got resources out there for medical doctors if they right. don't know about it. Right. And so being our own best advocate in the medical field for our doctors. And it's hard and scary to tell people about like our personal life when we're at the doctor's office you know am I safe yeah sure blah, 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 and all those questions but then if we're hearing this and we realize there there is a connection and we know that there's a connection and we research and find more about that connection then we have to advocate for ourselves in the medical field for that connection of, hey, right. I think this is part of it, you know. I don't, you know, it's not important that they know everything that you experienced as maybe a kid growing up in a traumatic home, but I spent 10 years in a traumatic home where I grew up going from foster home to foster home. Do you think that has, that stressful childhood has anything to do with my current medical state? And a good doctor would be like, oh, <laughs> you know, maybe, <laughs> and look into it, you know. Sure. I, you know, I don't think your sure. test exists to say, you know, yes, your stress is related to your medical history, but what are those correlations we see in the research? And how can we be an advocate in the medical field for it? Because, you know, there's all kinds of wonderful doctors out there that are in trauma-informed. Um, you know, medical doctors now have to go to training. Um, it's an hour, but I mean, it's still a training on human right. trafficking. They have to know what human trafficking is and right. what it looks right. like and how to look for it in their yeah. field and nurses and stuff. And so talking to your nurse, you know, and being an advocate about that. Because, I mean, we we know that there are, there's tons of medical help out there, you know. We've got medications and we've got, I mean, eating plans. We look at all the different eating plans that we have. It's January right now when we're recording. So everyone's doing the, the oh, keto yeah. and the sugar yeah, fast to get and all those kind of things. Sure. And how yeah. does that affect us? How yeah. does eating refined sugar affect our gut when our gut's been affected by trauma? And can we rewrite our gut and medical doctors say you can so that's the first huge mm -hmm. step towards yeah. coping with and and uh, dealing with health issues caused by abuse yeah. seeking a medical professional you know a doctor that you trust or a you know a nurse practitioner or a nurse a nutritionist right. all right. those different right. areas and I mean every field you know has a great doctor out there right and you know and but and then if you've lived in a world in which doctors were scary, it's that barrier, right? And so grabbing your advocate and saying, will you go with me to the doctors? Will you just sit in the waiting room so that I know I'm not alone? Will you come in the room with me and just sit there so I know I'm not alone? And then, like, you know, if I have to do something serious, the advocate, you know, will step out. And, but being that person to say, yeah, you know, will you help me 
write down the questions that I want to ask my doctor. Yep. You know, because you don't have to do any of that stuff alone. I mean, I want to bring an advocate with my doctor's appointments. Well, you know, you frequently know? people will take relatives or friends mm-hmm. with them because two years, four years are always better. So knowing what to do going forward. And there's so much information. Yeah, but right. asking those questions because we don't know, you know. Yeah. And allowing, you know, to do the questions and the answers and the tests and just well, and to I figure think, it out. Well, I think, you know, realizing the kinds of health effects that can be caused by abuse mm-hmm. might be huge and what is wrong with me why do I feel like this I mean Mm -hmm. I'm out of the situation now why am I still dealing with all this stuff Mm -hmm. to then lead you towards Mm -hmm. you know real healing and figuring out what's going on and Mm -hmm. And the body is complex you know we've talked about before about how complex the brain and the mind is well the brain runs the rest of the body so how complex is the body right Right. what each organ does and the process is blood and creates new cells you know they say you create a new body every I forget how many years it is because of the regrowth of all the cells, but wow. you think of all that and what that looks like yeah. in the human body. I mean, it does things you and I know nothing about. I know <laughs> nothing about it, you know? And so it's to think of all those different things and so to ask the ears of a medical professional that you trust. Right. That's huge. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. And those of you listening, remember our 800 number, 1-800-828-2023 or desasemi.org. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org. Or call our hotline at 800 828 2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.